fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How's it going? Not too bad. How's your voice doing there, buddy? Uh, it's fine. Um, You don't know, the other thing I do is I play in a punk band last night. I blew my voice out. So yeah, if I'm a little scratchy, that's the reason why. There is a point in the show that Greg screams so hard that I was like, he's going to feel that in the morning. Yeah, that was a feature on another band's set, and it was their last show, so I'm like, ah, fuck it. It's yeah, like, I'm feeling it today. Like, that looks like there's blood coming. <laughs> ah, there might have been. So, I mean, look, my voice is still better than most of the quality on this movie was. Well, yesterday was a fuck of a hell of a day, because it was a lot of fun. Because it's like, as of recording of this, it's right before Christmas, which is like, for Brett for Dimension Z, Halloween, I'm at my height of power, and then it like all immediately drains of, it's the fucking man in the suit. Oh, don't act like you haven't been having a great Christmas season this year, I've been around you. But, yesterday was a lot of fun, because I got to go over to Greg's of the, Greg of the Dead's abode, we watched Death Rider in the House of Vampires, Glenn Danzig's new movie, finally... It's credited on here as 2021. Greg ordered yeah. it as soon as it was out, and it just came out. Yeah, I just got it last week recording time. It'll be like two or three weeks back. But, man, I'm so glad I got this movie. This movie is wild. Um, It's no secret if you're a longtime listener, I hate Veronica. I think Veronica's <laughs> terrible. And I was in for it this time. I'm like, here we go. I'm ready to hurt again. This movie is bad, but in so much more of a fun way. And if you don't know my personal history with Danzig, I have the Misfits Fiend Skull tattooed on me. I love them. I've seen Danzig. I've seen the Misfits. So, like, I'm always going to be there no matter what this dude puts out. I was just expecting it to be worse than it was. Well, it seems like Veronica with a bigger budget and a few actual actors. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, yesterday was amazing because I got to go over to Greg's house and watch the new Danzig movie. Then there's Punk Show, which was fun. And I got to wear my Veronica is a good movie t-shirt. And one person was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, um, this is his cowboy western movie. And yeah. I just want to run down some of these characters' names for you real quick. Because they're all a combination of vampires and cowboys. Yeah. We have Count Holiday. Uh, Carmilla Joe, Mina Bell, Bad Bathory, Kid Vlad, and Bella Latigo. Dude, all of these. They just took like a vampire trophy name and a western trophy name and combined them. It's like Nosferatu. Uh, the kid. The kid, yeah. <laughs> I saw the Bella one and it's Danny Trejo. And I just started clapping. I'm just like, yeah. It's, they, they said Bella's name. And Greg's like, yes, they did. So, Brett, do you have, I'd say the credits, but everything Danzig did on this movie? Yes. Here is everything that only Glenn Danzig did on this. Um, director. Well, not, not only, but that he did. But that he did. Yeah, because there's yes. certain scenes that we can tell that he wasn't the one doing it. Um, Danzig was the director, producer, writer, editor cinematographer and composer and actor and actor yes this is a danzig movie you thought that fucking tommy wiseau had a fuck of an ego on him of like i make movie i write direct and produce and star 
Danzig is like, fuck that. And like, almost like you were saying, I wonder how much of it was, you're not doing it right. You're fired. I can do this better. Is this a zoom button? Holy shit. Dude, the zooming in this movie. Listeners, I'm going to assume there's a fair amount of you listening who haven't seen this movie. I cannot stress to you enough that the zooms in this movie are overused and he doesn't know how to do it. It'll go for like a close-up of the face, but it's not centered and it'll end up like on their ear. And he's just like, yeah, leave it in. That's good. Incredible. One scene where the girl has like this extremely poofy blonde hair and it zooms into the hair to the point of it goes out of focus and then that's the end of the scene. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, the one girl, Ashley Wisdom, who was in Veronica, she was eyeball nipples in that. And her and Danzig started dating after working on Veronica, and that's why she's in this as well. And, but they have since broken up. Oh, there's also Kansas Bowling I saw that was in Veronica. Yeah, she's one of the um, Countess Drukja of Blood victims, yeah. and she was the lead in Murder Size from last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude. So I didn't take notes when we watched this yesterday. Our beat for beat's going to be a little off, but bear with us. But that's not even an Edward trifecta. I don't even know what to call That's like a new Danzig thing we have to come up with. Danzig complete disaster. The completionist Danzig. The Zoom award. Dude, it's insane what this dude did. The Zoom is... I can't believe the Zoom. I look... I didn't look up anything on Letterboxd before we watched it. I did a little bit before we went on today, and the top review was like, what is with the zoom? Dude, it's the zoom and the tiny little camera movements of, he goes like half an inch to the right, and then he stops, and then goes like an inch to the right, then four inches to the left. It makes no sense what like, and it's just not like, okay, a person to the left is talking, you cut to them, person's right talking, you cut to them. No, it's just like one person in the middle is talking and the camera's just kind of wandering around. <laughs> and I saw, I watched an interview with uh, Danzig uh, uh, yesterday uh, when I got home from the show. And he was basically saying like, oh yeah, there's all these fun tricks you can play with the camera. Like I wanted to try some like new things that I had ideas for. Like he's like, why is the camera always so steady? He learned Zoom. And how to turn left and right. That was his new trick. Yeah. And he had to help the one scene he has to help help um hold the camera way above his head so I can get to another like five foot six height. I do think it's an improvement over Veronica. Like legit. I yes. think it's vastly better than Veronica. That said, and I know you're gonna yell at me, Veronica is so bottom of the barrel for me that you can be <laughs> miles and miles better than Veronica and still be bad. <laughs> Veronica holds a special place in my heart just because it is so horrible. Like it's I can't believe this was a movie of there's just a scene in Veronica where it's just a girl bathing in blood and you'd think that would be so fucking hardcore and metal. There's no music. All you hear is like when she like does like the towel on her, like the water splashing in the tub. Yeah. And it just goes on for way too long to the point of you start seeing the actors like look up and then look back down and going back to whatever they're doing because they're like, are we done yet? Danzig says, keep going. Okay. 
All right, so into Death Rider. I want to start off oh, this movie. Death Rider. Oh. This this movie's opening is insane. It's Devin Sawa playing the character of Rider, and will later be known as Death Rider, riding on a horse next to another girl on a horse, wearing like shiny panties with nothing yeah. else, and she's gagged and. I'm not overanalyzing it because this scene went on for 15 minutes of yes. no dialogue and just riding through the desert. And let's tell them about the little camera tricks we've noticed in this, Brett. Well, um, if the camera is come, if like they're riding towards the camera, what do you do? You have to see her breasts bounce on the horse, Greg, even though yes. the horse sometimes isn't galloping enough for her to bounce let's say or jiggle she's jumping she has to kind of make her back go up and down to be like look they're jiggling oh are we doing a back are we doing a back shot lean the fuck over that horse we're not here to see you we're here to see your ass dude that's exactly what they did they have this poor girl like anytime the camera's behind them bend forward where you're basically whispering in the horse's ear and then when it's behind her arch back like crazy it's she has to like it's not even just bend forward because it's this giant horse. So she then she's almost having to like push her ass up like she's presenting. <laughs> and it's in these horrible like disco shiny shorts, like you said. Yeah. It's not like it's in like a sexy little thing or whatever. No, it's not even like you could see anything. You know, there's an ass there, but it's completely covered. What dancing goes extreme in one end, and the other end, it's like oh she has granny panties on. Man, Danzig's just going, like, right away, I'm like, okay, we've had tits for 15 minutes already, and no dialogue, <laughs> Danzig's back, baby. Yes, and then, like you said, Devin Sawa's in this, which is, I know this isn't, like, the height of his career, but that dude is working again, like, you see yeah, him Yeah, he's not, like, a, a struggling actor, he's still out there. No, he got over that hump, I guess, of, like, it, that happens sometimes, where, like, they're be like really popular when they're younger and then they disappear. And a lot of times they stay disappeared. Every once in a while you see them pop back up and they're great again. Yeah. But anyway, after riding forever, they come across Bella Latigo played by Danny Trejo. And this brings me to another point that we can talk about throughout the whole movie, but I'll just mention it here. The fangs. There are different levels of fangs in this movie. Some got very nice fangs that they can act with, you know, they're, molded well like good stuff and then i feel like danny trejo was probably on set for a total of a half hour they gave him like party city fangs put him in it is 100 percent like when in vampires kiss nicholas cage goes to buy like the really good fake vampire fangs but he doesn't have enough money so he gets the shitty little plastic ones this is good enough where the fangs danny trejo is trying to and i love danny trejo but he has an accent and there's a reason why Bela Lugosi did not use the fangs in Dracula is because he also had an accent and if you put the fangs in, you can't understand them even more. Not only that, like you said, these aren't actually made for Danny Trejo, I don't think, because it looks like they're falling out of his mouth. Like they're catty cornered and he has this huge lisp. He's almost talking like little Nicky. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> dude. And he's like, I want the girl when there's a standoff. And then Devin Sawa attacks. And by attacks, he runs at him. And this is where we learn he's a vampire, too. Because he has super vampire speed. Dude, me and you laughed so hard at this moment. Because what they did, 
was they had him run at Danny Trejo, and then they fast-forwarded the footage to make him run super fast. It was amazing. Oh, it's like the fucking Twilight running. It's 100%. Yeah. And he was, like, doing the thing where he's, like, pumping his arms. So, so all of a sudden, it's like... It looks so fucking, like, stupid. And it's, like, a toddler running at, like, fast-forward, almost. And it's just yeah, that it's one great. scene of, like, the fast run. And then he doesn't really do it again. Never. Not once. And then Danny Trejo is tied down in the desert... And he's screaming, let me out. The sun's coming up. The sun's coming up. Presumed dead here. Well, can I make a comparison then? Yes. From Death Rider to Star Wars Episode 1 of Phantom Menace? Go on. Where the, the Jedi do their fast run one time to get away from the danger that they couldn't ride around. And then they never yeah, do it again. Because and it never comes back again. And it doesn't matter. It's not like they could have ever used the fast run. Oh, that's right. What's his name got cut in half? What? Gin Man. Oh, he didn't get cut in half. He got stabbed in the middle. Or stabbed or whatever. But Darth Maul got cut in half. That that could have been a good time to use your fast run, Star Wars man. Yeah, exactly. It's just when you need it. But anyway, he keeps riding then. And... May I point out, the sun is definitely on him. I know oh. he gets that. I was like, sun's coming up. No, the sun has come up. You should be dead. He's saying, please let me inside the sanctuary before, like you said, the sun comes up. We see that there's rays of sun hitting your face, Devin Sawa. It's that like early morning orange sun. It's like right here. It's like half your face is now gone. That's where we're like, yeah. is he a daywalker type? Is he a Wesley Snipes? Me and you put way too much thought into it, I realized, when we were discussing it. Because Danzig did not put this much thought into it. No, because my thing is vampires. And this plays with so much of, like, at one point, is that a silver coin? I guess silver doesn't affect them. I guess it does now? There's yeah. just so much of this that I'm like, you're in the sun presently. I see it hitting you. But they get to the sanctuary, which is a combination, like, evil lair, saloon, yeah. and brothel all at once. Where it's just a bunch of vampires that live here. Why, if you're a vampire, is your hiding spot in the desert <laughs> with the hottest sun imaginable? The place where there's nothing but sun. Yes. There's no, there's no like, tree lines to get into. No, it's sand and sun. But yet, at the bottom level, we have goth nightclub with goth grandpa. Then, like you said, we have, like, broth, old we old western brothel and saloon. To the point of there's, like, Civil War soldiers coming in to hang out. There's all the cowboy men. But all the goths, vampires, hang out in the basement. It is not, yeah. like, near dark where they're vampires, but they just dress still like people do. Yeah. No. This is, like, what we do in the shadows of how they did they find all this goth shit in the middle of the Old West? It's nothing but no black. Idea. It's black and dark purples. And, like, he's got the, the Count has, like, the long, like, goth coat on. And he's got, like, the little, like, perfect goth widow's peak and everything. It's like, he created this look. Dude, and so he asked for her sanctuary. And he's brought payment, the girl. Is she pure... She's pure as hell. I don't know what that means, but it gets them in. I don't think she's pure. No, especially later, but whatever. 
he gets in and says, Bad Bathory told me about this place, told me to be a refuge. Bad Bathory is Glenn Danzig. We will meet him later. Yeah, and I thought that they were going to build up him entering to, like, this grand, like, it's almost like how, like, Bella Lugosi Dracula, like, descends the staircase and it's this grand entrance and everything. When he shows up, he just walks onto the scene. Yeah, but in a cool Danzig way. We'll well, get yeah, well, he comes strutting in. <laughs> Basically, long story short here is he's down there, he meets Count Halliday, Holiday, and is like, we'll grant you refuge, but if we find out you're somehow against us, it will end very badly for you. Well, I guess I better fit in or something. Count Holiday, played by Julian Sands, that me and you were both, like... We recognize this guy. And then we look down through his, like, letterbox. He's been in, like, 106 movies. So it's like, oh, okay, he's actor man. Notably, Dario Argento's Phantom of the Opera. And Leaving Las Vegas, one of my favorite yes. Nicolas Cage movies. And Arachnophobia, which has, for some reason, been coming up here recently. Probably because I've been babysitting a tarantula. Yeah. I've been my house guest. Oh, and we have a, was a clairvoyant listener or something that just can tap into our minds and know what we're thinking about. You know who you are. But anyway, he's shown his room by um, Mina Bell and Carmilla Joe sees him, poofy redhead. And she's oh, like, yeah. oh, I want him. Tells Mina Bell, you can't have Ryder. I want him. Goes into the room and is talking to him like, what do they call you? Poofy redhead. Her tits are so pushed up, they're past her chin. Like, she doesn't have to use her neck anymore. She could just rest them on the tits that are right there. To the point later, there's some weird lighting shit going on, and her tits are pushed <laughs> up so much that they are out of the weird lighting that her face yes. is in. Her face is in it. She meets Ryder and is obviously very interested. The Count asks her to come see him. He wants her to kind of keep an eye on him. He has a bad hunch about this guy. Well, of course. Well, they have nothing but, like, vampires love to brood and plot. And they're always, like, someone's after me kind of thing. How long has he been sitting in this basement just waiting for something to happen? Please yeah. give me something to work on. Dude, and... So he's at the bar. These vampires, we establish all the time, every vampire, werewolf, zombie, etc. movie, has their own kind of set of rules. These ones can drink, but it seems they don't eat, and they need blood, like, as their nourishment. Oh, yeah, because Devin Sawa goes up, Death Rider, and gets a shot. And I was like, this would be so funny if it was played, once again, like what we do in the shadows. Where if they take, like, the tiniest little bit of bite of food or the tiniest sip of like a human drink they just projectile vomit to the point the one episode the count was like hoisted by his vomit it was like spinning in the air <laughs> did you recognize who the bartender was in this scene i did not yesterday i don't think so leaving lead vocalist from the band fear the old man yes really there's two bartenders in the movie i should say just the very oh. first bartender Okay, that's awesome. Well, that makes sense, too, because when we saw the Misfits, fear opened for them. Yep, so, so that was pretty cool. 
yeah, Danzig must like like the lead singer of Fear. Which did you a little side thing? Did you see they put out a new album? I've not listened to it, but I'm kind of interested to see what a 2023 Fear album would be. I listened to it. It's not bad. Really good. I yeah, liked them so live. Good. What we could hear of them, we liked them yeah. live. <laughs> Zoe gets some whiskey, goes back to the room. Oh no, doesn't go back to the room. Enter next, our next big name in this movie. There's a lot of big names, which is wild. Yeah. Eli Roth shows up. A real director. Yes. Because and actor, everyone. dude. He's been in Inglorious Bastards and a bunch of other movies yeah. and stuff, too. He was the he was the bear Jew, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. The fucking clubbing Nazis with a fucking baseball bat. Fucking badass. My my favorite Hollywood what if story, you know this because I've oh, told yeah. it a thousand times is always that the bear Jew role was supposed to be played by Adam Sandler. And I always go, man, I would have loved to see that happen, though. He just looks at him, looks at him with the bat. Haterade. Wham. <laughs> All right. So at this point, real life director Eli Roth has, fi- has come onto this movie set. The first real director has arrived halfway through this movie almost. And also remember, we haven't mentioned it in a few minutes. There's random zooms everywhere, zooms on things that should not be zoomed in on, zoom in and then zoom back out for no reason. Little camera shifts every once in a while. The camera's never placed exactly where it should be because Danzig's having fun with his brand new toy. Yeah, like he didn't know where the zoom button was in Veronica. He found it for Death Rider. He found this. He's like, holy shit. The crew's like, fuck. God damn it. And there was this other guy talking to Ryder, like, who's suspicious of him. Eli Roth comes in, like, you come here, and grabs that guy who was talking to Ryder. And tells Ryder, you come too. Count wants you to see this. They go into, like, the dungeons of this place. Well, it's, and- um, we go down into, like, yeah, like you said, it's like a basement dungeon type thing. We know because there's uh, st- old stone on the wall, like a medieval castle. It looks a yes. lot like that stuff you get from Spirit Halloween that you nail up. And it's just the planks of fake stone. We also a couple times saw, and I believe I own the same skull, of they start tapping on a skull, but they're not showing the full skull. They're just showing the top of it. And we're like, that's a spirit Halloween skull. You can tell by the noise it's making. It's made by that fucking fake ass. uh, What is it? It's like the hard. um... I know what you mean, because I saw too. I said, I'm like, I have that. Yeah, it's like styrofoam. Yeah. But they take the one who's somehow wronged them down, the other guy, and they show them melting silver, and they pour it into his mouth while Ryder watches. Because right before this, like I mentioned the coin earlier, of he pays for his shots with what looks like a silver coin. It's gray. It's Old West time. They had silver and gold type shit. They didn't have like a penny, or they might have, but it's not like, it was mostly like, that was the big thing. And he slaps down a silver coin. And I looked at Greg going, oh, I guess silver doesn't play in this movie. Vampires are fine with that, too. Greg's like, oh, yeah, you know, that sometimes it comes and goes. Very next scene, silver is used to kill them. And it's like the main weapon of the movie. But they pour it into this dude's mouth. And at first, the effect isn't bad, to be honest. It's yeah. cheap, I know. But as far as that goes, we're like, okay, not bad. Then the end is incredible the explosion and everyone just stands there like you could tell the effect is right here yeah and it's, te- it's really just an empty chair for everyone else 
it this also goes on for way too long. Every scene everything does goes on for way longer than it should. It's just Danzig's like, I gotta make this a whole movie, just stretch it all out. That's why the opening was literally 10 minutes long of just horse riding with Naked Lady before we even got the title card. The title card showed up so late, me and Greg were like, oh, sure. All right. Oh, dude, we forgot the title card after the Danny Trejo scene was like 10 minutes long with no music. Yeah. But anyway, that guy gets down. Uh, Ryder goes back upstairs and Carmilla Joe sends Mina Bell to get him. Goes well, to her room to talk to her again. Because Death Rider's gone to his room and this whole time we're like, what's going on with this story? What could this plot be? The only tiny thing we get is Death Rider when he, he immediately gets to his room the first time. Undoes this bag that's full of lo- what looks like it's supposed to be vampire hunting things. There's not one wooden stake in the entire thing. You're already doing bad with your vampire hunting kit. It's like metal stakes and stuff, which I guess work in there. silver. Silver, sure. But I wonder if wood would have done, like, worked a lot quicker. Because when they get stabbed with the silver one later, once again, it takes a good five minutes for them to slowly die and crumble. Oh, depending on who it is. If it's a character we've established, yes. Yeah. If it's a random, right away. Oh, done. Carmilla Joe has him come to her room. He goes over there and she's like, I have a present for you. And there's a human woman. By the way, a whole brothel has showed up and is just walking around of humans for the most part. The vampires will feed on throughout the movie. But there's a woman. She's like, I thought we could have a drink. And Ryder, who's like a vampire, but not cool with being a vampire. is like, why don't you dig enough for both of us? come over and give me some and she's like okay bites into the girl would have been a great effect if we didn't zoom on it because yeah. bites her cool like blood oh trickle God. coming out of the bite wound i'm like okay it looks good then danzig zooms microscopically on this greg and i are both screaming at the tv like no glenn stop if you get too close to the effect you're gonna be able to tell how it's done Okay, yep, now I can see where the makeup doesn't blend right. There's the tube. Yep, I see it now, Glenn. Good job. Yeah, good job. But he's saying about, like, why don't you give me some? I don't want to drink from the lady. And so I was like, I look over to Greg. I was like, is she going to baby bird it into his mouth? And she does. I was joking. She does. And then she spits the blood into his mouth. They make out. She goes topless. Devin Soller is getting smacked to death with tits in his face right here on the bed. There's blood everywhere. I'm like, Devin Soller had a fun day on set today. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. This is just like, this isn't like a Chucky type thing that I'm going to really take it like seriously, kind of like this is an actual paycheck. Oh, no, I just get to have fun today. It's like recess. Do you think Devin Soller got paid for this movie? He has to have at least gotten paid minimum. I feel like Danzig could have been like, hey, do you want to make a movie? I'm Danzig from the Misfits. And he could have got half of his cast that way. I wonder if this was a union. No. No fucking way. No fucking way. Then he could have not paid anyone if he didn't want to. Well, if they, if they agreed to it, yes. Yeah. Next, it's about time, dude. We're down at the bar, and this Civil War-looking vampire's in there, and someone's talking to him about the new guy who used Bathory's name to get in here. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm out to ask him. And then 
Devin Saul comes down to the bar, that guy's talking to him, asking, like, how do you know Bad Bathory? Oh, we go way back. And then you hear a crash, and music kicks up, and Danzig comes walking out in full cowboy vampire getup, walks to the bar, kicks two chairs out of the way, grabs a girl, pulls her head back, bites into her neck, lifts up, laughs with the blood running down his face, blood squirting out of his neck. I'm like, that's how you make a fucking entrance. Well, he's just, Danzig is not an actor. He just no. comes in. It's like if I, if they're like, oh, Brett, you get to be in this vampire movie. And I wasn't given much direction. I'm going to walk on set and just start looking around like, wow, look, a movie set. Because it's just Danzig looking around. Uh, he, his, he has a super square jaw. He's always yeah. trying to make it like jut out more in this movie. I noticed that. Thing. And um, was... like you said, he bit the lady. He just goes, Yank, like bites her real quick. Doesn't drink any of the blood. The blood's going everywhere. It's like if I took like, if I licked a chicken wing and then just started like throwing them all around and that's how I wanted to eat. I'll say, I don't think Danzig's a bad actor in this. I think he's actually one of the stronger actors in it, even compared to some of the real actors, because he's the only one who understands what the fuck this script is. And yeah. so it works for him. I think he's actually like, he has enough stage presence and know with all from what he's done in life that I think he does pretty good to be honest. And I'm going to bring the room up once again, but it fits with this movie because yes, it's very absolutely. much writer, director, actor, producer. It's their movie of Tommy Wiseau is not actor. He does not know how to do the thing, but he thinks he does. Danzig, like you said, actually comes in and I guess it must be like the front man type thing. If he at least has the charisma and like, the belief in himself that he can do it it's almost like tommy got himself all worked up and he get on set now he gets stage fright yeah exactly but then the civil war lackey as bad bathory well this guy says he knows you and everything bad bathory is looking i'm like oh i don't think we met friend i can't remember you <laughs> was very much of like a lot of like <sighs> Yes. I don't think I remember it. It's a lot of like hamming it up some, but it's forgivable because vampires do that. Their vampires are very full of themselves. <laughs> and it's played off as if, oh, Bad Bathory is just forgetting is the way Ryder is acting. No, we've met back in wherever. And I like my little headcanon thing because we had the near dark guy say that like he fought in the Civil War. And now we have this vampire movie where it's the Civil War guy. I like to think it's the same character. That is not Lance Henriksen. It's not? No, this is not Let me check Letterbox. No, let me check Letterbox. I think this was Lance Henriksen. They could do a hell of a things with de-aging now, Greg. Have you seen what they did with Luke Skywalker? Yeah, I saw it. But anyway, <laughs> Fred Armisen, by the way, nothing to do with oh. the rest of the movie. I just want to throw out that he's in this movie for 10 seconds. To the point of he shows up, and it's not even like a... Oh, let's show his face. Everyone, look. Fred Armisen. Applause. No, he, like, goes in and he's, like, eating, like, he's, like, drinking blood or something. And we kind of see him a little bit. Where, is that fucking Fred Armisen? There, there's so many of those in this movie. And, like, he's almost like a, ah, see here, this is a hold-up type gangster <laughs> by yeah. the way he's dressed vampire. Yeah. 
That's all, nothing to do with anything. I just want to drop that we saw him. It's like, once again, it's like, you'd be in the movie and do whatever you want. We don't care. We just want people to, like, see your name in the credits. Bad Bathory and his lackey go down to the Count Holiday and they're like, yo, what the fuck is this guy's thing? We don't know him. We definitely didn't let him in. And then the Count's like, well, we better take care of him. I don't want him dead until I know his motives, though. Bring him to me or something like that. So they're all vampires. Yes. You would think that they would be like, even if he lied, like, okay, keep an eye on him. But they're immediately like, we have to vanquish him. We must destroy him. They don't know that he's there to like kill them all. It's not like they found his like vampire go bag with all the stakes and everything and the um, like uh, silver dust and stuff. We come back into play later. Um but you would think they'd almost be like, I'm tired of hanging out with these same, like, bunch of vampires. They're annoying. New friend. Yeah. But he goes back upstairs, goes into Mina Bell's room, and they fucking get it on. But remember, he is trickly for Carmilla Joe. She claimed him, like, and told Mina Bell this. After they fuck, he leaves. By the way, you can see her reflection. So these vampires cast yes. reflections, I guess. Which I didn't notice, but Greg pointed out. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. How do they not get one of the most simple things correct in vampires? And also, this you can't even say that, like, well, it's because um, the vampires couldn't see the reflection because most old mirrors would be lead-lined, and that's why. Most modern mirrors, they could probably see themselves. This is Old West-timey country time, where they have the yeah. lead mirrors. I just want to point out, his whole thing is he wants to go kill the vampires, right? Yes. He's been alone in rooms with two do of you them. Wanna, do you want to, like, say what his motive is? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Where he was the sheriff, and then the vampires came into town and killed all the deputies and, like, the entire town, and now he's out for revenge. And also his family. And his family, yeah. Where the, and for some reason, they kept one of them? We'll find yeah. out later. Did they like they knew he was going to be coming or I don't know. But anyway, he's been alone in room with some of these vampires that he could have easily taken him out. I get there's a numbers mm -hmm. game down in the bar. You can't just go in there and take them all out at once. But did he just want to get his dick wet? Is that why he didn't kill right. these two? He's Is that like, legit was, what, it, what it was? I was riding beside this girl with her boobs jiggling all throughout the desert. Yeah, I'm horny. I want to come. <laughs> but anyway, he ends up fucking Mina Bell. And then right when he leaves, Carmela Joe and some goons come in and like grab her and take her out and everything. And they drag her out as nighttime to a cross, but not like regular crucifix. Like the bondage X cross is what it is in the middle <laughs> of the desert. And they oh tire to it as the sun comes up. Um, This scene goes on forever. Do you think that's Danzig's bondage cross? I mean, that was his at-the-time girlfriend, so very possible. Do you think Danzig's been strapped to that thing? I don't picture him ever going, like, as a sub-role. I don't think his ego oh, would yeah. allow it. True. It would, he's, also, she is so much taller than him, he's, like, whipping up at her. Yes. <laughs> like, can we lay this on the side? You're too tall. But they're, they're marching her out to the desert to, like, kill her. And I'm like... Yeah you know that they're marching her up to something to tie her to. I was like, are they going to tie her to a fucking cross? 
would be so funny is every single time they forget they're like we're gonna put you on the cross then they see it they're like fuck we forgot and they cower in fear well, no it isn't a big wooden x they put her on and the sun comes up by the way same problem with veronica danzig doesn't cut shit like no. there's so many scenes where the scene ends and then it just lingers on the person's face as they stay in character for one time we counted it and it was 22 seconds yes and like they show everything, like the people walking back. Well, you could have cut that. I would assume, yes, they walked back to the house. But different from Veronica is Danzig learned the zoom button. So he's zooming in on her ear until it goes out yes. of focus. As soon as it goes out of focus, he's like, okay, I guess I have to cut now. But anyway, this is actually a really cool visual scene, I think, when she's tied up and the sun comes up and everything. Dude, like, just the way she's dressed and her hair is and the lighting and everything looks so like 60s grindhouse maybe yeah. sci-fi style throwback to me that i really liked this it just something visually appealing about it well it, it, you can tell that danzig has watched a lot of these movies for sure i could also think of a bunch of hammer movie stuff that i could throw into a movie not not that it's gonna work but you'd be like oh yeah that's what that is the flowing dress on the lady with the big blonde hair sure but then next scene is Ryder's in bed and Carmela Joe comes in and drops a bunch of ashes at his feet. He's like, look familiar. And then holds up the charred skull of <laughs> Mina Bell, like that she killed him. He goes, well, I didn't take you as the jealous type. Oh, you have no idea. They start fighting and on the bed, like she's going to kill him, bites him and says, I don't know if that's you I taste or Mina. Why would you taste Mina in his arm blood? What yeah, do you think occurred? It's not like he drank Mina, because that's a trope that they've played with before, of like the other person's blood can almost affect the vampire type thing. No, they had sex. Also, Devin Sawa is like the hunkiest man that's ever walked into this like bar hostel place of immediately like these two hot ladies are like fighting over him. Of like, we're tired of fucking all these other guys. Like, dude, I'm just throwing out Eli Roth is there. I mean, yeah, are we good? Like, what's wrong with Eli Roth? But he's playing it as a kind of like fucking character of Eli Roth is hamming it up. He's a son of a bitch like 50 times in this movie. Oh, and he's having so much fun with it. And like we were saying, Eli Roth being like an actual director, watching Danzig direct, I wonder what that was like for him. Like, I would love to candidly, like, get his actual thoughts. Not my Say, friend. Hey, we're not publishing my, this. Just tell us what happened. Not my friend Dick Glenn did a really good job. He's like, no one's ever going to hear this. What was your thoughts as a director watching him direct? And how painful was it? Anyway, so the fight goes on between Carmela Joe and Ryder. He ends up staking her in the chest, and she starts burning and everything. He leaves. I put her on Count of the Dead. She'll come off later. Yeah, because like Greg said, it has, was it, main character armor. Of yeah. She dies slowly. The little lackeys? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Ryder goes back down to the bar, orders a bunch of shot glasses and a bottle of whiskey, for five dollars holy shit yeah that's gonna be like i was said you can't even get a shot at a bar for five dollars hardly anymore 
but he gets the entire bottle civil war man is literally standing two feet from him staring at him and like greg said he probably wasn't supposed to be it was probably should have been a direction of hey you're not like turn the other way you're not supposed to see what he's doing right now but he fucking dumps a shit ton of was it powdered uh silver into the whiskey bottle just in front of everyone at the bar it's like a fucking was it a date rape for vampires yep and right here danzig comes back out and they're having some harsh words right then when Ryder turns around and goes three shots on me for everyone and everyone cheers and then break it down xbox comes out again who had a cameo appearance in the last movie also another guy who could not talk with the fangs in no but he's all excited. He takes a shot. Shots are passed around. Civil War guy takes a shot. And Bad Bathory, I love, waves him away. Like, no, 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 no. Don't take that. It's not even like he does the dramatic thing of, like, you know, you could, like, he's about to take the shot. He puts his hand on his arm and lowers it. And he does, like, the sh- like the slow, like, no. No, he, like, literally, like, waves his arms. It's like, ha, ha. <laughs> As a bunch of the others take their shots with the silver in it and yeah. just burn and die. You immediately know what's going to happen. Cause he's trying to get Danzig, the big vampire, even though the counts in the basement. Um, but everyone else takes shots before him. So, you know, it's going to be, I thought it was going to be the thing of like Bathory was about to do the shot. And then like X-Pac starts melting. Yeah. And then he's like, wait a minute. Is this Fireball? I can't drink Fireball. <laughs> Everyone realizes what has happened, and a shootout occurs, and this is where Eli Roth shines, dude. He's coming in, <laughs> he's doing smacking the hammer back on the gun and everything, firing everywhere. Oh my, okay, so like you said, Eli Roth is doing it correctly. Of When you do the hammer thing in, like, I don't know Western movies, really. Greg knows them a little bit better than I do. But I know the trope of you go, it's because you're trying to shoot really fast with an old-timey gun. And Danzig goes, that looks cool. Yeah. Like, he could just shoot. If you're taking a single shot at a time, you would just use your thumb and pull the hammer back, shoot. Thumb, hammer back, shoot. The reason you do that is to get closer to, like, an automatic gun effect, like, being able to yeah. fire really quickly. If you're just taking single shots and aiming and everything, you would just cock the hammer back and shoot. Danzig's just having the best time, though, because he's, like, smiling. He's like, I'm doing a western. <laughs> yeah, like, a bunch more vampires get the silver bullets put in them, die, including Eli Roth. He has a great yeah. death, like, where he's shaking and yelling and oh. everything and dies. Because some of these vampires of uh, Glenn Danzig got his porn star friends to come back of they know how to act in certain ways. But unless you're trying to pay the pizza delivery man some other way, I don't think they know too much with like emoting and things with acting of they'll get shot and then just stand there not making a noise and then they fall over. At least Eli yeah. Roth, like you said, is like, and he's like, I, this is my chance. I'm going to ham it up. Well, Bad Bathory ducks out. Because at first I thought, I'm like, did he die and we didn't notice? Yeah. Well, because he disappears now until the end, doesn't he? Yep. That's the last we see of him until the end. Same with Carmela Joe. We saw someone pull the stake out of her and she disappeared. Right. And it's because 
now a whole bunch of scenes happen, like a few scenes. And we're like, did Danzig get killed in the firefight and they not show it? And it's like, there's no way he's letting that happen. Dude, I feel like this should have actually been the ending. And the other scene that happens next should have been before it. Because this feels more like the big blow up to your cowboy vampire movie. The shootout. Yeah. Oh, did I know what I did not notice? I'm surprised I don't. And if they did it, I want to see if you noticed it. Did they do the thing where they throw someone on the bar and they like take out a beer glass? No, they didn't. That's like the trope. And they they didn't have a man start playing piano either when it was going on. (laughs) Oh, that would have been so funny. But it's like gothic piano. It's like Like an organ. Next, he goes down to, like, the goth area with the robed figures and the count and everything. And basically, dude, we get so much monologuing here that it goes so long. And I get that this dude's a good actor. He's actually doing a good job. Yes. But the villain monologuing goes on for so, so long. This is where it wasn't, like, fun bad for me for a little bit. Here's where it was, like, dry bad, where I wasn't having a great time for a bit. Because, like you said, Julian Sands is actually like character actor man. He's been in a million things. He's that guy. You see his face, you're like, oh yeah, him. You don't know his name, but you've seen him show up in something for sure. Yeah, he's too good for this role. Because if you had someone bad doing this monologue, it could have been fun. Yeah, but it could have been fun he's, bad. He's taking it actually like seriously, like this is a real movie, and like trying to be dramatic and stuff. And it's not his fault. He's doing what he was hired to do. You know what I mean? It's just a script he was given. It's kind of dry. Yeah. But anyway, like, we find out, like, he's come to kill him because of what happened to all the deputies and his his family. He goes, oh, your family. I keep trophies of some of my victims. And he pulls the curtain back, and there's some bodies just standing in coffins. He waves his hand over the one girl who was his sister, and she's straight up Frankenstein walks out. It's Kansas Bowling is playing the sister here. She Frankenstein walks out like, give your sister a hug. It was funny when they revealed her. I go, uh, wife? And Greg's like, daughter? And then they go, sister. We, we, we both go, oh. <laughs> and then like Greg goes like, like that makes sense. <laughs> Like, it deserves to, oh, of course, sister. Yeah, like, we're like, oh, we should have seen it. I'm like, there's, wait, there's no reason we should have known what was going on. It was just perfect timing of we both at the exact same time. <laughs> Dude, we were trying to give this movie everything. We were. And then he ends up staking his sister, and she dies. Then smashes melted silver onto two of the goons. Uh, Dude, this is the worst effect in the movie. He crumples, and it's like they took the picture and just smushed it. His, like, head, like, caves in. And then, like, they just, like, yeah, crumble. Why? But main count man is right in front of you. And we don't know if this is the way these vampires work, of if you kill the main one, all the ones that he's turned, turn back to normal. We don't know. But he could have tried of smash the main vampire with the silver, and then take care of the lackeys, because they seem to be really easy. These are the fucking yeah. droids from the fucking uh, new trilogy, or whatever, from yeah. 1, 2, and 3, of you could push them over, and they're, like, done. But 
It's just that guy left. He stakes him through the mouth and out the cheek. And there's a stake there. He just seems irritated at this point. He's still monologuing and everything. The stake is going straight up through his chin, but also at a direction coming out of his cheek. Almost like it's two different pieces of prosthetics that they put on. But that wouldn't make sense because he got stabbed. Or as a hook stake? I don't know. But then they pull it out and it's straight again. Vampire straightened magic, out right? on the exit, you know. Oh, yeah, it straightened out after. It bent and then, yeah, true, Greg. Yeah. Um. Then he shoots him a couple times. He's burning a little bit, but, like, he's the big bad. You're not going to kill him this easily. Then he grabs a torch and lights him on fire, and that does it. You're telling me <laughs> this is how easy it is to kill vampires? That's- Why didn't you just light the whole building on fire? So vampires are actually just weaker than people. The only thing, yeah. the only advantage is you can live forever. But if you're careful. You've got to be extremely careful and live in a dark basement and hope silver doesn't get near you, sunlight, holy water, fire. Yeah. And then he goes upstairs, a bunch of the like prostitutes are counting the money from all the burned up bodies and stuff making out with it this is where before before he went down remember there was the big bloodbath scene and then didn't the one come out and go collect up all the money and all the trinkets and they all the uh prostitutes go out and they start like picking up all like the money then that whole scene happened in the basement we cut back they're still slowly picking up money uh, yeah. You think you would get in there and get the, like, uh, fucking gather all the shit that you can quickly and get the fuck out of there? They're like, no, th- this coin's a little singed. I don't know. No, it's not coming off. I'm going to put it back. <laughs> and he gets the girl he rode in there with, though. And they leave together. She's on the back of his horse when they're riding. Middle of the night, riding off into the sunset. Well, not the sunset. Just the night. And... Yeah, the reveal, she smiles, and she has fangs now. She's turned. Yes. Well, Devin Sawa gets on the horse with her, and he's like, what are you doing wearing a shirt? You can't ride a horse and wear a shirt. Simulate bouncing. You see Bad Bathory and Carmela Joe standing on, like, a sand dune, looking out on him as Danza goes, we'll see you soon, Death Rider, or something like that. <laughs> Danzig is standing on top of this mountain being like, I can't wait to do this sequel. This is going to be an epic franchise. Dude, I'm so glad you noticed. They are playing uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky by Johnny Cash. Like, an instrumental version of it. But tweaked just enough that you can't say that's what it is. But both of us knew what it was right away. It's like two notes off. Of like, you get Death Rider. And then it's like someone fucked up a chord. Yeah, and they did the ecstasy of gold at the beginning of the movie. Like, they yeah. they wanted these songs so bad, but did not have the budget. No. So they're like, oh, we're just do our shitty public domain version. And that was Death Rider in the House of Vampires. I'm yes. so glad we finally saw this. Dude, we've been wanting to see this for, like, since it got, before it got, like, uh, released for sure. Like, when was it announced? Like, this has been years in the making of it, wanting to see this movie. It was filmed pre-COVID. Like they were working on it. Yeah, so this was pre-throbbing. That this movie was like being worked on. And now look at all this time that's passed. We're what, year four now? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I lo- I did watch the, an interview with Glenn Danzig, and he was they asked him about a sequel, and he's like, well, uh, l- hopefully this one will do really well, and then I'll be able to fund a sequel. That interview was two years ago. <laughs> and, dude, I don't know how well it's going to do, because I remember it went to Sundance, and he was trying to ship it around to different distributors. Yeah. And I'll just say the distributor that I did pick it up, that I had to order from was the record label that puts out most of his current releases. So I'm feeling like that didn't go so well. No. No, I don't think we'll be seeing a sequel. I wish we would. I still want to see Glenn's next movie, though. Oh, yeah. Even if he doesn't get to do a sequel to this, don't stop. No, yeah, keep going. Because he is improving, and I don't mean that sarcastically. It's getting so much better. And at least this one, I had a great time with. I recognize it's terrible, but I had a great time with it. Danzig, there are so many more buttons that you can play with on this camera. There's a sepia filter. What does that do? Oh, look, now everything's in negative. Don't tell him about filters. He just learned about Zoom. He just starts, like, you could, like, physically see in the movie where he's hitting the button, where it's, like, transitioning. All right. You ready for some Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Or the Throbbing with Horror Count of the Dead's where I tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Death Rider in the House of Vampires? There's two numbers that I could see Danzig being like, well, if I can't have 666 deaths, 13? So I'm going to say 13. I thought he was going to go for that too, because at one point we were towards yeah. the end and that's where we were. But we got a few more in there and we got to 17. Oh, okay. Well, we'll never argue with more death. Very good, Danzig. Well, that's great. Scout of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. We have Danzig directing, a director in this movie, of Eli Roth shows up. So we're going to do levels of directors that come in that Danzig has to direct. Like, how's this going to go? So a number one version, like the worst version I think you could bring in with Danzig, is to bring in a Tommy Wiseau. Because they're going to clash. Danzig is honestly a better director. So yeah, like, he'll actually listen to him and be like, yeah, of course. And Tommy's going to try to give him, like, suggestions, and Danzig's not going to have any of it. He's going to get kicked off the set. Okay. Who would be who would be fun? Who's like an actually like good director? And it would be like Robert Eggers. Wait. Oh, Robert Eggers would be a good one. I was Bring him in and let him have to listen to Danzig. I would love it. Right. That would actually be great. Cause I was gonna say Quentin Tarantino, but I like yours better. Um, I feel like Tarantino would have fun with it because he likes kind of low budget grindhousey stuff. I want a super serious horror director like Eggers or Ari Aster or someone to come in here. Actually, I could see Eggers being horror, like the, like a really bad one to come in of like a top director of, because this is a period piece. And Robert Eggers is all about making sure everything is like to the T right. He's like, Danzig, I see light switches behind you and there's a light fixture and there's no wires going to this cabin in the middle of the woods. Yes. Desert, not woods. Oh yeah, desert. Um fuck this is a hard one anytime we do these like bad movies it's hard to rate so i always yeah. just have to go with like how much enjoyment i had with it and i had a fuck of a great time with it i think some of that also had to do with greg and i watched this in person 
So every once in a while, we could go, the scene's still going on. And then every Zoom, I go, Zoom. <laughs> and then Greg would laugh. And then the next one, Greg would go, Zoom. And then I would laugh. I think like watching it with a person really helped a lot. I'm giving yeah, it this is a group eight. watch for sure. I'm giving it an eight out of ten with my enjoyment I had of it. We had a great time. We were laughing throughout the thing to the point of a couple of times we had to pause it. We were having such a great, great time. We didn't want to miss any of the story. But yeah, if you have like a couple friends that like this kind of movie, it's it will be a fun watch. This will be a fun night for you guys. Yeah. Um. I had trouble rating this as well, because I know this is a terrible movie. I had a lot of enjoyment there with it. And one of the things I always try to consider is, did the director achieve what they were going for? Right. In that case, I can confidently say no. I know Danzig, and Danzig does not want to make so bad it's good movies. He is not a Lloyd Kaufman. One bit. But do you think that he thinks this is good? Yes, yes, I think he thinks it's excellent. That's the problem. Yeah. So, I'm gonna take my love of it and the quality of it and just meet him smack dab in the middle and give a five. Because I love this like a ten, but it's probably like a one. So yeah, I'm just bringing it right to the middle at a five. As like a professional stupid reviewer and like a newspaper that might be like missing a jaw would say like this would be like a horrible like half star rating this would be one of the ones he's like i'm not even gonna rate it because it's not even worth me rating you're talking about even though you're fucking talking about it you could just ignore it no um no but as enjoyment wise and a lover of bad movies as I am, of course, I have to love this one. It's another one. Greg, we got another The Room. We got another oh, yeah. Veronica. We got another True 2 one, now. This is one I can see like when we're having like all the guys together and something. We put on oh. Death Rider. 100%. I would be so down for that if we got like the whole podcast group together and watch yeah. this. I think that'd be a lot of fun, especially with Brandon from the Black Lagoon. Like you were saying, like this would like kill Brandon with like how he looks, oh, yeah. like you said, it's like Ari Aster movies and stuff. And he's just very like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> Brandon would have a heart attack about how bad this is. Yeah, dude, I I liked it so much. I almost watched it again this morning. I, I didn't have time. I was like, I kind of want to watch it again. Oh, well, last night when I got home from the show, I went on Amazon just to see if it was on Amazon because I have an Amazon gift card for Christmas and it's not even on Amazon. That is such a he needs to get this on Amazon. Don't the room it where Tommy Wiseau will only sell it on his website. You're being a Tommy Wiseau, Glenn Danzig. I think it was out of necessity with this one. I did see, though, that they released on VHS as well. Yeah. Which I really want. <laughs> Dude, get it. It'll be fun. Yeah. But let's see if you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got on this one. Well, I got something to say. We reviewed Death Rider today, and it doesn't matter much to me, because we had a great time. And we hope that Death Rider in the House of Vampires has left your brain throbbing with horror. Alright, that's the end of the episode, guys. You know the drill. Follow us on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. Please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And come back for next week for the next episode.